Hello, and thank you for having me with you this morning. Uh, predictably, my internet has decided it's going to play up a bit just as I joined this meeting. So if you can't hear me, if I freeze and suddenly, yeah, nothing's coming through, do just let me know in the chat and I will wander through the house and try and find a better spot for the internet. Um, but hopefully it will work. So yeah, you know, prayers for successful internet would be great. Um, now our reading this morning comes from Luke chapter 1 verses 46 to 55. Luke 1 46 to 55. And Mary said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. So when I was asked to come and speak uh, to you, I asked, was there a particular theme that I needed to, to be preaching about or any, were you in the middle of a series or anything? And I was just told, no, but maybe something encouraging or comforting. And as a good Anglican, of course, I turned to the lectionary and saw that today is the feast of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so the gospel reading was the Magnificat. And in my opinion, this is an incredibly comforting and encouraging passage um, right, I do apologise. Sophie has just joined me again. Whoa. This may be a regular occurrence as I try and speak to you. She has a chest infection and she was awake for half the night, so she is very yeah. clingy. And here comes, here comes Chris chasing after her frantically to try and uh, remove her from the room. So the Magnificat, which I think is a comforting and encouraging passage. I want to just kind of look at the, the background of this passage for a bit first before going on to explain why I think this is, is such an encouraging passage. So the Magnificat comes uh, right at the beginning of Luke's Gospel, and it's when so Mary has been told that she's going to give birth to a son, and she goes to stay with Elizabeth, who had also been told she was going to have a miraculous baby. And when they meet, the child in Elizabeth's womb leaps in response to Mary's greeting and Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she praises God and Mary responds with the words that we heard today and we can see here that Mary is following the great prophetic tradition throughout the Old Testament uh, she will have heard week after week the scriptures and she will have heard these songs of praise to God and yeah she is clearly steeped in the Hebrew scriptures and these are things that overflow from her heart in praise to God. And she's following the tradition of 
Miriam, Hannah, Deborah, these women who God really used and who songs are recorded in the Old Testament. As I said, I thought this passage was an incredibly comforting and encouraging passage. And the first reason I think that is because of who Mary is. So Mary is a young girl growing up in a patriarchal society in an occupied land. So Mary is not considered important by the society around her. She has no power, she has no influence. Uh, there is kind of nothing going for her from a worldly perspective. She isn't some great teacher of the law or anyone who you'd expect maybe it's like God to use if you were looking at it with human eyes. But actually, the Magnificat demonstrates that God used Mary. God saw something in Mary. And he went, yep, yeah, I can use her as part of my plan. And Mary isn't just some convenient womb that God borrowed for a few months and then, you know, that's it, off you go. Mary is actually someone who has a calling from God on her life. And when God brings this calling to her, she accepts, she says, yep, may it be to you, to me, as you have said. And she obeys God's calling on her life. As the first encouraging thing is that whoever you are, however little power or influence you might think you have, God can still use you even if you think you are unimportant or even if you think you're just a bit past it now you know um like sort of that's it really God can still use you whoever you are if God you know if you're still alive God has a calling on your life and he can still use you in powerful ways and the second piece of encouragement is that God doesn't expect us to do it alone he has called Mary to do something quite dangerous, quite challenging. So he has called her to be pregnant outside of marriage in a culture where adultery is punishable by death. This young girl has received quite a difficult calling from God, but he doesn't ask her to do it alone. She goes to visit Elizabeth and Elizabeth is completely in support of Mary's calling. Elizabeth doesn't look at Mary and go, oh, tut tut, what's she been doing? Mary goes to Elizabeth and Elizabeth sees her and knows that God has chosen her to do something so important. And so it's really important that we, as we are following God's calling on our lives, look around us for who is Elizabeth for us? Who is that person who will support us and back us up and pray with us and listen to the Holy Spirit for us? And also, who can we be Elizabeth to? Uh, who can we support and back up and pray for look around and find those people god calls us to do his will in community we are not called to do it alone it is too difficult to try and do god's will on our own he places us in communities so we've seen who mary is and who elizabeth is but the third and arguably most important piece of encouragement in this passage is who God is and what it tells us about him. As we see this is God whose mercy extends from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds. He has brought down rulers, lifted up the humble, filled the hungry with good things. This is a God who cares for us and has the power to bring about justice. 
And we see Mary remembering all the good things that God has done in the past for his people, all the times that he has made promises and then fulfilled them. And Mary is, is speaking at a time when God seems to have been silent for a long time. The Israelites were promised a Messiah, someone sent from God, centuries before this point. And they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And some of them might just have gone, well, maybe we were wrong. Maybe God doesn't care for us. Maybe, maybe this wasn't a promise from God. Maybe, maybe he's forgotten about us. And the lands that have been such an important part of their promise have been occupied time and time again. And for some people, it must have seemed like God's promises had failed. But Mary knows that God's promises do not fail. She looks back and she sees these mighty things that God has done for his people in the past. And she knows that he will keep his promises. She knows that he will be faithful. And this, to me, is something that I really need to cling to at the moment. I don't know about you, but if you look around and see all the injustice that's going on, if you look at just reading the news headlines, even just in the last week, it can leave me feeling just full of despair. And so when I read about the conditions at immigration detention centres, or I hear about the deportation charter flights that have been scheduled over the summer, taking people who have been in this country since they were children to countries where they know no one, and sometimes people with severe health conditions, with dementia, uh, people who have been treated like they are worthless. I end up feeling despair when I hear that if we don't act with immediate urgency, then the Gulf Stream's going to collapse. If I read about just the impact of climate change on those in the global south who have been struggling for survival year after year after year, while we in the global north just prevaricate and debate, should we do something or maybe we should, or maybe this is important. And meanwhile, people's lives are being lost, their livelihoods are failing. When I read about these things, I feel despair. When I hear that the increase to universal credit that was brought in during the pandemic, that was such a lifeline to so many people, is due to be ended plunging many more people back into desperate poverty. I feel despair. I no longer have the energy for anger. I just end up feeling overwhelmed by the scale of the problem and I'm just feeling so hopeless. And at times like these, I need to remember who our God is. Like Mary, I need to look back at what he has done in the past and see that he has kept his promises, that he is faithful. And I, I recently read a sci-fi book called Do You Dream of Terror 2? And it's a bit of a young adult sci-fi book, but... Uh, yeah. Micah? Sorry, Sophie's being fine. <laughs> yeah, Sophie's being fine. She's being quiet. <laughs> I do apologise, but children... Um, We'll have a, a two-minute pause while Sophie throws a huge tantrum just outside the, uh, the door. So I recently read this, this sci-fi book, and uh, towards the end of the book, the main characters end up in a hopeless situation, a situation where it looks like 
there is no way out. They are all doomed. They can do nothing. And it's a book that has some interesting things to say about faith throughout it, but at this point where they are just feeling utterly hopeless, two of the characters uh, decide they are going to pray. Uh, one of the characters has faith, has grown up as a Christian, and the other one doesn't. And the one who doesn't suddenly realises that actually Astrid, the one with faith, believed that God was not only the kindly father of her Sunday school songs, the one who held them lovingly in his hands, waiting in eager expectation for the moment that they would turn their faces towards him. To her, he was also the bringer of storms, the sharp hand of justice, an awesome force. And this really struck me when I was reading it, because it's something that is so important to remember, that yes, God is our loving father. He is the one who, who holds us and cares for us and nurtures us and longs for us to love him. But he's also an awesome God, the God of power, all the things that we were singing about in our songs this morning, that he is the ancient of days, the God who has the power, the one who created the universe, who created us. And just like Mary says, you know, his mercy extends to those who fear him. He's performed mighty deeds. So God is not just a God who loves us but can't do anything about it. He's not sitting back as the world burns, going, oh dear. Well, I wonder if I could do something. Actually, he is the God who is strong to save. And he, yeah, he has the power to act. And so although many of the situations that we are facing today seem utterly hopeless, we know that God can do anything. Nothing is too hard for him. And we can hold on to the promise. That actually, one day he will renew this world, recreate it once more. It's a place where there is no more pain. No more tears, no more death. And I'm not saying it's a kind of escapism. Uh, there is sort of a, a brand of theology that says it doesn't matter what we do because one day God will come back and renew the earth because right now actually millions of people are suffering and dying and we have a responsibility to act to show God's love to them. But it's so important that we act out of love and out of hope, knowing that we have the mighty God on our side, rather than acting out of bitterness, despair, hopelessness. So we need to remember who God is when we look around and see so many hopeless situations. And so, yeah, as a conclusion, we can see that the Magnificat is full of hope and encouragement. We see that God used Mary, this young girl in an occupied land where women were considered completely unimportant. God can use any of us if we are open to his calling. And God calls us to be in community, to carry out his work together, supporting one another. And the Magnificat reminds us of who God is. It tells us of his great works in the past and also gives us the future promises. This passage gives us hope. And this week, maybe whatever we're facing, whatever difficult situations we are in, hold on to that hope that God is with us. He loves us, he cares for us, and he is a God of justice and a God of power. Amen.
Thank you, Sally. Let's just take a moment to think about some of what Sally said and what particularly the Lord is saying to us. particular phrase that Sally used is, um, who can we be Elizabeth to? Who can we encourage? And uh, I found a song which I think delivers a similar challenge. So Ben's going to play that for us now. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> 